I'm Paul Levinson, and welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 161, my review of The Queen's Gambit, which will check your attention and keep it for a long time. Well, I just saw today, which is December 3rd, 2020, that The Queen's Gambit for the past two weeks has been Netflix's most streamed show. And I assume that includes both movies and series. So that's pretty impressive. And it just so happens that I reviewed The Queen's Gambit on my blog a few weeks ago. So I thought I'd share the gist of that review here with you on this podcast. And I have to say, if you'd like your soul lifted, refreshed, and recharged for a long time, Check out The Queen's Gambit. It's a seven-episode miniseries on Netflix. It's story of Beth Harmon, a fictitious child prodigy who grows into a flawed but splendid champion, shines on so many levels. I guess the closest analog in real life would be Bobby Fischer, an American child chess prodigy who went on to become world chess champion in 1972 by beating the Russian Boris Spassky, who held that title and represented the Soviet Union. Unfortunately, Fischer's career went downhill after that. And the Queen's Gambit ends right after Harmon gains that very victory. So there the similarity ends. But we're left in the Queen's Gambit with an extraordinary set of scenes and relationships. And among my favorites, Beth with Mr. Shable, a janitor in the orphanage who recognizes Beth's talent and teaches her chess. Beth, with the variety of boys and young men she usually beats in matches and can't quite connect with or fall in love with. Beth, with her adoptive mother, who comes to deeply believe in Beth. Beth, in the Soviet Union, where she meets and bests a whole new series of masters and near-masters. And Beth and Jolene, a friend at the orphanage who turns out to be quite a friend indeed. Now, as this list, which I could go on with, indicates, Beth is the centerpiece of just about every scene in this miniseries, and Anya Taylor-Joy delivers this role memorably, animating a character who ranges from almost autistic at the beginning to alcoholic and almost serenely triumphant at the end. And the same for all the other characters. They were all memorably performed, ranging from those chess boys, young and old, to the pharmacist with whom Beth has her own very unique relationship. Come to think of it, she has a unique relationship with just about each and every character in this narrative. One of the main reasons The Queen's Gambit is so good is precisely because it comes from a novel, not real life, which all too often is not quite as incredible as the story told here. And, though I haven't yet read the Walter Tevis novel of the same name from which the miniseries is derived, 
I do see on Wikipedia that he authored six novels before he died in 1984 at way too young an age. And three of them, including The Hustler, that was a fabulous movie, were made into movies before The Queen's Gambit, all of which adds up to a real phenomenon on our hands and cause for a big round of applause for everyone concerned, including Netflix, for getting it on our televisions, computer screens, phones, wherever we may happen to stream this wonderful series. The Light on Light Through podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed my review of The Queen's Gambit. I'll be back here soon with another review or maybe a political commentary. Who knows? It'll be another episode of Light on, Light Through. In the meantime, stay safe and enjoy. Athens, 2042 A.D. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left, again, into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. Curled up with a good book says, Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about The Plot to Save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. Paul Levinson spilled code about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries. 